Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Unescu and I'm your host. And today we're joined by several different guests, uh, three of which we will I- introduce here at the beginning, and three who will come on uh, in the second part of this episode to share testimonies. But uh, the first three, we're going to announce them. Uh, first, we have Ruth Potachan. Ruth, how's it going? I'm great, Marcus. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm fantastic right now. I'm excited, I'm stoked, and I'm glad that we could... Uh, we can have this conversation because it's uh, long overdue, at least on my part. But uh, Ruth, thanks for being here. And secondly, we have uh, Mr. Florin Mate Jr. We call him Juni. Uh, Juni, how's it going, man? Going well. Going well. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me and the team here. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. And uh, I'm excited to have you on as well. And uh, thirdly, we have uh, third time guest, uh, Mr. Philip Yankich. Phil, how's it going, man? It's so good to see you again, Marcus. I am well, brother. Uh, man, if you keep on popping up on these episodes, man, I got to start paying you at one point. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, we're going to talk about uh, basically the Treasures for Troubles organization, the mission trips that you guys go on. And we're also going to reflect a lot about on the uh, the Dominican Republican trip you, ju- you guys just came back from. So uh, that's going to be the topic of our discussion. Just want to mention it now. Uh, but before we jump into anything uh, just yet, I do want to make a couple of announcements, um, just some housekeeping uh, things here and there. But uh, you can follow us for any and all updates on our Instagram at the Potter's House. You can reach us there via email or through direct messaging, whatever works for you. Also, we're available on most podcast platforms, most notably on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you do have a iPhone, please go to that purple icon, which is the Apple Podcast app. Scroll down. Well, first, subscribe. Scroll down. Uh, tap the stars. It really helps with the exposure of the show. And uh, if you want to leave a written review, uh, that would be great as well. And I will read those out loud. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have a new one to read uh, this week. Uh, this is from Anonymous987. Thank you, Anonymous987, for that. But uh, uh, your your title is basically Binge Listen to Potter's House. Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, here's the review. It's so great to see members of the remaining community using their gifts for the kingdom. This podcast does just that. I love listening to the Potter's House and the insight that Marcus and other guests offer. It is spiritually sound, thought-provoking, and even convicting. It's nice seeing different views that are relevant to our current culture and receiving advice that we can apply to our own lives. Keep up the good work, and God bless. Uh, Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, I know I say this all the time, but... Uh, all of your reviews, all of your input, all of your feedback, even if it's constructive criticism, is a tremendous blessing for for me in this ministry and how God's working. So I appreciate all that you guys do to go out of your way to to do that. So thank you guys so much for that. But um, now that we got that taken care of, uh, two of the three guests we have here are uh, new guests. So I like to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves in case you don't already know them. Uh, Ruth, we're going to start off with you. Ruth, for the people that, for people out there that do not know you, um, why don't you just introduce yourself to that? So I'm Ruth uh, Potochan. I'm from Canada, actually, so I'm not from the U.S., though I'm, a lot of my friends are from the States. Um, I serve at a Romanian church in Windsor, Canada. Um, I've, as many of you guys on this podcast or that listen to it, I've done everything <laughs> in church. <laughs> Uh, with the Lord's help, um, in 2012, we started 
Church for Troubles, and we'll talk about that later with God's help. And it's been it's been quite a ride since then. So excited for that. <laughs> I'm excited too. I'm excited too. Um, Junie, for the people that are out there that do not uh, know you, why don't you tr- introduce yourself as well? Yeah. Um, so I'm Junie Mate. Um, from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I, uh, I go to Bethel Romanian Church of God, um, just north of Nashville. Um, Pastor is Brother uh, Christy Sandu, youth leader, Olivian Balaj. Um, the capacities I serve in there um, serve as uh, activities uh, leader, coordinator, and then uh, I'm over the high school discipleship group. So I have the high schoolers every Sunday morning, um, and we just love spending time together. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's the capacity I served there. Yeah. And, uh, thank you for that. And then lastly, we have, um, Phil Yankic, who has been introduced before on previous episodes. If you want to hear uh, his testimony, his story, go ahead and check out episode seven, um, that we recorded back in the day, but, uh, we have Phil, Phil here as well. So, uh, thank you guys for being on here. Um, I know I reached out to you, uh, to Ruth, um, a few months ago and we we're kind of keeping in touch, uh, back and forth uh, every once in a while. But uh, she wanted to have you guys on because you guys were kind of spearheading this project, uh, especially this Dominican Republican project that just passed. Uh, But I do want to talk about a little bit uh, about the background, the foundation of this organization, where it came to be, how it started. Um, I was mentioning to Ruth a few months ago that I've heard of Treasures for Troubles through like Facebook. I think the page friended me like years back and I was just like, okay, I wasn't sure what this was. Uh, but now that I've kind of got, gotten to know you guys more um, over this past year, uh, I got to see what it's more about, and uh, I'm excited that we get to dissect it and talk about it. But uh, Ruth, let's start off with you. Uh, what is Treasures for Troubles? How did it come to be? Uh, how did you get? How did you first get uh, involved in it? And um, how did? Uh, yeah, what, what's the background behind it? How did it get started? So the idea came in. It was the spring of 2012. It was just interesting. It was just, I don't know, the Lord just put on my heart, like, we need to do a overseas mission trip for our youth. That was the intent. I'm like, we need to get out of our norm and just see something different, spread the word of God somewhere else too. So we kind of like talked about it. I brought it up. It, then I forgot about it. And then in the fall of 2012, it was like Thanksgiving Monday. Our Thanksgiving is in October. Uh, this guy from our youth had this dream and I can't recall the exact details. I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I remember something with seven swords and something with like the Lord's going to do something with this that will impact many people. So it was a confirmation of everything that we were going back and forth on since the spring. Um, We prayed a lot about it. And then um, we're like, okay, where should we go? (laughs) It has to be, you know, affordable. It has to be close enough. Um, So literally I just Googled poorest country in the Western hemisphere (laughs) and Haiti showed up and then I'm like, okay, short-term mission trips to Haiti. And then uh, we found Mission of Hope, which we're still connected to, to this day. They're uh, the host organization on the ground that we partner with them for all the projects that we do. Um, from the first mission trip in, it was March of 2013, we thought it's only for our youth, but it ended up being people from everywhere on the first trip. There was 23 of us from Portland, from, um, 
obviously Canada, two cities in Canada, some other cities too. And since then, the Lord just worked. He connected us with different people, uh, different leaders passed through. Like God always, always gave us such amazing people. Like, and we weren't looking for them. It was just like our paths crossed by the grace of God. And I mean, obviously Phil and Junie are the last two years and there's so many others, you know, in the last eight years. And it's just the grace of God. Like there was no plan, you know, like organizations start with like a plan and like a five-year plan. There was nothing like that. It was like, we're just going to do this. And then we did that. And the Lord's like, okay, now you do this. And we're like, okay, we're going to do that. It was like a step-by-step revelation. It wasn't, you know, long-term. We didn't come into it thinking, oh God, we're going to change the world. It was just like, we're just going to do it. We're going to be obedient. And as we did it, the Lord led us to the to the next steps it's hard to describe this because it's not like it doesn't conform to the norm but it's the way the lord chose to work and we're very grateful and super grateful for this year for this team for this mission trip was so blessed (laughs) and you you'll hear as you go but yeah that's the story in a nutshell so how many people did you have in that first trip in 2012, how many how many people did you have on that mission trip? It was it ended up being March of 2013. It was 23. The next year we had like 30. Then we went to 55. Then 57. Wow. Then 38. Then 30. It was like all over the place. But yeah, our, our probably our highest number was like 57 in the 60 zone. And that wow, was that's awesome. Yes, that's amazing. And. Uh, how so um how did you three get connected because obviously you asked Junie and phil to come on here and and talk about this as well and uh you were involved since 2012 2013 how did the three of you get connected um basically leading this whole trip uh especially this one in in the dominican republic so uh phil was okay so phil was 2019 guatemala and and phil and junior were well, Junie was DR, so I don't know who wants to go. <laughs> well, Ruth, I was asking you how you guys got connected. So, um, oh, so yeah, me? how do you, yeah, 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 oh. yeah. It's hard. To, okay. You can't tell that I'm looking at you because I'm looking at everyone technically on this screen. But oh. <laughs> okay, so okay, me and Phil got connected. He ended up coming on the 2015 Haiti trip. It was like a bigger trip too, um, and then we didn't keep in touch really for the next like four years. Um, and then in 2019, um, I couldn't find anyone to lead the trip. I was so desperate. I'm like, I was literally asking everybody from the Detroit area. I was like, nobody could do it. They didn't like, okay. Like I'm going through like Rolodex of people who came through the years. I'm like, hold on. Phil was like the worship leader in 2015. He has leadership abilities. Like, let me try Phil. And then Phil can tell the rest of the story. (laughs) I was her last resort is what it came down to bottom of the barrel scraping the bottom. What's left down there. I'm kidding. Um, it was, it was a God thing. Um, to be honest, man, if I hadn't gotten connected with Ruth in that season and that time in 2019, man, I don't know what the, these last two years would have looked like. Um, that trip ended up opening up many, many, many doors for us combined in ministry. So the Lord, uh, he knew what he was doing. Uh, he closed many doors, but he opened one that ended up, opening up many more so 
Um, are we going to talk about that? Yeah, or? let's just talk about it. Let's okay. talk about uh, 2015 Haiti, and let's talk about uh, everything kind of you taking over for Guatemala. Oh, yeah. So let's start with 2015. Um, so that was a season in my life where uh, the Lord made it very obvious to me that I wasn't doing enough. You know, I was serving in my church, um, but I still felt that in my heart there was um, – there was areas, man, that weren't completely surrendered. And he'd put it on my heart. It's like, man, I've got to do something that goes out of my comfort zone that gives everything to him. And, um, you know, there was a presentation at Winterfest for uh, Treasures for Troubles. And I saw it and I was like, oh, this is it. This is, what I, this is what it is, man. This is what I'm looking for. So I got in contact with um, Ruth, um, ended up going on a mission trip with another girl from our church uh, to Haiti. And uh, at the time, they were looking for someone to lead worship. At the time, I was leading worship at my church. It ended up being very serendipitous for um, everyone involved. And I went down there. It was a very blessed time, man. It, it was great. God moved in, in, in great, mighty ways, man. Um, he always does, you know. You put, say, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm going to take a step of faith, God, and knowing that you're going to meet me there. And he does, man. It's, it's, it's just how it is. And uh, not to get into that because it was a long time ago, but. Uh, like Ruth was saying, I got back from the trip and um, me and Ruth just kind of lost touch. You know, we, we would see each other over the years occasionally at different things. Um, it, was, it wasn't anything lasting. But then uh, 2019 rolls around um, and this Guatemala trip is, is, is kind of floating around, you know. And um, funny story, man, I, was, um, I wasn't planning on going on this trip. This was, it wasn't even on my radar. I hadn't even heard of it. It wasn't planning on going on a trip. It was just, you know, a weird time in my life at, at that point. And um, it was a random Thursday and I get a, I get a text message on my phone and I look down and I'm like, oh, Ruth Poto-chan, haven't talked to her in a while. And so she calls me, kind of explains to me the situation about this uh, Guatemala trip. And I straight up tell her like, nope, not doing it. Like, this is not a good season for me right now. Um, you know, I had just moved. There was a lot of moving parts you know how it is when, when uh, you got to move going, everything's unsettled and it's hard to, to kind of, you know, anchor something, but man, I'm going a long time. Let me, let me see if I can sum this up a bit, but to make a long story short, um, I ended up going on, on a trip to Portland and I ended up meeting a lot of missionaries while I was over there. And I thought to myself, my goodness, like it rekindled in me that thing, that same thing that I, I'd felt in 2015 where it's like, no, I want to give God more. Like I want to surrender more. I want to see his hand and feet like work through me. I want to see it. And I, after hearing these testimonies of seeing that when I was in Portland, I got back and called Ruth and I was like, look, um, the Lord's, you know, changed my mind. I, I want to go on this trip. This is something I believe I have to be on. Um, and I put a test before the Lord and I was like, I financially, I don't know if this is going to be, you know, very good for me, but I'm just going to take a step of faith and see, Lord, if, you're, if this is from you, you're going to, you're going to supply the finances. And less than a week after that, um, everything was covered. So I was like, cool, looks like this is the Lord's will and this is where I should be going. And um, so I got reconnected with Ruth on that trip. And um, like I said, man, that just kind of started a, a path that, believe it or not, ended up at Make Jesus Known in Phoenix. Um, that trip, it's a long story how we kind of snake through, but that connection led to a different connection that led to Make Jesus Known. So but God knows what he's doing. And uh, I guess to anyone listening, when you make decisions in faith to follow the Lord, you don't know where it's going to end up. But unless you take that step of faith, you'll never know. 
you'll, you'll just, you'll just sit around and it'll always be the, what if the, what if I had followed God's leading in this. And, uh, I, I am by the grace of God able to say that I've got to see that. And it is such an encouragement for me, um, to see that yes, God moves and you never know where he's going, but he's going and he's inviting us along for the ride. So, um, hopefully that answers your question, Marcus. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, Junie, you also got involved, as, as Ruth was mentioning. Uh, why don't you talk about how you first got involved with Treasures for Troubles, how that connection happened, and uh, how you ended up kind of leading this, this last trip that you, you guys took uh, to, to the Dominican Republic? Yeah. Um, so I don't have a, a long, necessarily yearly, lengthy connection, uh, such as Phil and Ruth. Uh, that's built over years, but mine was built actually March of last year, I had, I did not know a single person except just a few, you know, from Atlanta and the local areas, never heard of Ruth or Phil. Um, and I remember Phil going up to Winterfest last year and I'm like, Oh, nice. You know, they went to, you know, Guatemala. That seems pretty cool. Um, guy seems like a cool guy. Did not think a single thing of it. Like I, I dropped it. It left my mind in 10 seconds. Um, and interesting that we, we decide to, no, I didn't decide a lot of that Guatemala trip actually got together and decided to do a type of retreat. They were going to meet in a cabin last March. Um, and they had everything planned out. There were about 30 people going. Um, I was not invited because I had no idea it was going down. Um, and that's totally fine. That's totally fine. But uh, I actually had that same weekend, I had a snowboard trip to Colorado. Um, and that's when COVID slammed everything down immediately. And my, the Monday before that retreat, Colorado was canceled. And Thursday, I get a random phone call at 1 p.m. from Andrea Benjan from my church saying, hey, um, we're going on this retreat and we're leaving in like three hours. Uh, you wanna come? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm off tomorrow work. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'll come pick you up. And I end up driving too. <laughs> so it's, I'll, I'm like, you know what? This is just going to be an open door um, that I'm going to step into. And, you know, it, it just snowballed from there. I met Phil and Ruth. Um, we spend a weekend together from there. And um, after that, it snowballs into just re-meets last year. The whole country was shut down. We meet like five or six different times. We went down to Florida, went up to Michigan, um, went, met in Seattle, California, Arizona, and Phoenix. Um, and it was amazing. Um, and in one of the locations that we were at, we're in Florida. And um, it was more like a vacation type of trip for us. Um, and we did end up doing worship nights too. We were saying, hey, what's, what's going to be next? Um, and someone randomly threw out, let's do a retreat in Tennessee. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting in the background. I'm, I'm thinking, oh, no, um, this is going to drop so hard on me. It did. It dropped hard. Um, I, look, I took it as an open door. So we, do, we plan a retreat um, last November in Tennessee. We get 60 youth leaders to come. And it was an amazing time. Um, we get this massive cabin. We're all pitched up together. Um, 
And that was a whole experience by itself. The Lord worked in amazing ways. Um, at that retreat, Ruth comes up to me and was saying, Junie, I want you to lead a missions trip. <laughs> my same reaction was exactly Phil's. No, and I threw it out of my mind. You know, it was, uh, I never went to a full mission trip function and solely did missions. I've done some missions here and there in Romania and locally, but to, to go solely for a mission trip, I've never done that, let alone lead um, a group of people. So um, two weeks later, I get another ping. Ruth is, you know, saying, I really feel led for you to lead this trip. And uh, I took it, I put it in front of the Lord. You know, I was like, Lord, if, if this is actually what you want me to do, um, it, it scares me so hard. Um, it's, it's a huge step. It's going to be a huge step of faith, just like Bill was talking about. And, uh, I put a sign and the Lord did not close that door. I was like, Lord, take this cup away from me. Um, I'll go on it. I won't lead it though. Um, and he never did. So I give Ruth a phone call and she's already planning me leading already. Like she's already strategically planning behind the scenes before um, I even give the yes. So um, that starts a whole like four month uh, process um, of, you know, planning this mission strip and boy, it took faith. Um, and all, all I had to do um, was just put it in front of the Lord. And um, for me, uh, the Lord opens up doors and he closes them. He closed Colorado for a reason for me. And he opened up uh, a way to get connected and he opened up this mission strip. And I just see his hand throughout my life through open and doors, open, uh, open and closed doors. So long story short, that's how um, we got connected um, to where, you know, we, we just came back from the, the Dominican Republic two weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Junie, let's let's stick with you for a second, and uh, Ruth and Phil, feel free to for to jump in whenever uh, whenever you uh, want. But um, I remember last December, I was on a I was on a Zoom call with uh, with you and Ruth on kind of like this, I guess you can say audition or application to to join the DR group. So I know you guys have a whole process when it comes to um, selecting candidates to come on the trip. Obviously, you. I'm assuming you guys had like a lot of people who were interested to come and you have to cap it off at some point. Uh, but what's the process behind selecting these people? How, how do you go about uh, the spiritual training? Uh, maybe talk about the, the weekly zoom meetings that you guys had, the groups, the, the, the readings that you guys did together. Um, what was your, uh, what was your uh, influence in that? And uh, how did you go about uh, that when it came to uh, preparing for that mission trip? Yeah. Um, so Ruth and I really felt led um, because there was a lot of interest in this trip. And we had, we had a certain number of spots. Um, so we had 38 spots, 40-ish um, spots uh, open and a lot of people interested. So on top of that, um, we wanted to make sure that the people going um, were, were called by the Lord um, as well as have a good relationship with the Lord. So we, we wanted maturity um, and spiritual maturity as well. And from that, um, we decided to at least get to know every person. Um, we, knew, we knew probably half the group before we even went. So um, we, we already had a strong, solid 15, 20 people 
um, that we, we've been serving with for that past year, which was amazing. Um, on top of that, we didn't want anyone to go, um, which we didn't actually know. You know, hey, what are, what are uh, your capacities of serving? Where does the Lord have you right now in this point of life? And we, we wanted to be good stewards um, to this trip and understand giftings, understand strengths and weaknesses, and be well aware of um, where certain people are in life. Um, people decide to go on missions trip as a full reset. They may go because they actually had a dream or we want to know where they are and why they chose to sign up and, and come with us. So uh, it was two parts. Um, a, we, we had a certain number of spots and we, want, and we felt led to be more selective because on foreign soil, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're battling a totally different type of presence there. Um, we felt that and we knew it going in that we needed to be equipped. We needed individuals that were going to sit in, in, in preparation with us. And we can go into the prep that we took. Um, but, you know, we needed spiritual maturity. Um, and it, we just felt led to get to know them um, and see where they're at and why they wanted to come and um, what the Lord wanted um, the team to look like. And we saw the Lord's hand was, it blessed it. Blessed it. Um, but in terms of prepping, I can turn that over to Phil um, and what that looked like. He spearheaded a lot of the spirituality and prep in that, in that way. Yeah. So let me uh, begin by saying that uh, I have to give honor where honor is due. Um, I wasn't alone in the spiritual prep of this thing. Adina Korean, if you're listening, God bless you. Um, she did a humongous work. Um, that girl is incredible, by the way. She has a gifting um, when it comes to being sensitive to the spirit and uh, what needs to be said, what needs to be done. So her and me um, weekly would post um, in our group chat a little encouragements, things the Lord was putting on our heart that we thought we should be praying for. And in that way, we, uh, we covered the team um, and we... we um, help the team to pray for each other and prep for this trip. Um, I also want to honor uh, Adrian. He uh, helped a lot, man, with, with uh, the prayer group as well. He put together this, this um, app initiative, I, I can call it, I guess, that where uh, and every, every prayer that came through, he kept things organized so that everyone would know what we're praying for. We would know when prayers were being answered in. Together, um, man, we, we did our very best to get the team um, in one heart and uh, one mind and in one spirit in preparation for this trip. Because, man, when you like Junie was saying, once you get in there, you know, there's there's only so much you can do while you're there. Like there, the, the ground needs to be plowed and needs to be tilled and th you need to be ready for what you're getting yourself into. And we saw the result of that, um, not to get too much into testimony, but once you get on the field, man, you're seeing prayer after prayer being answered. There's a special anointing uh, for, for those on the mission field. And I know that if uh, you're listening, you've been to one, you can probably attest to this. You're within about five minutes of a prayer being answered when you're on the mission field. Um, it's, it is the wildest thing to live on the spiritual front lines like that. Um, you pray for healing and you see it. You pray for direction and someone will get a vision. You, you pray for a word and you'll just start speaking. There's girls on our trip, man, that would, um, that knew Spanish and they would, you know, be conversating in Spanish with, uh, some of, some of the locals there in, in the midst of the ministry. And they would tell us is like, we don't understand some of the words we were saying, like they were Spanish, 
but we're not even quite sure what we were saying. And again, I say this to say that this was as a result of the prep work that we had gone through. Um, and that, that was um, part of the spiritual prep work. We also did, um, um, we read through a book. If Ruth wants to kind of cover some of that as far as the prep work in that area. Just briefly, we did it when helping hurts uh, in short-term missions. That was the curriculum we did ahead of time. But um, we had weekly meetings on Monday nights. Um, we had weekly meetings on Monday nights where it was like really helpful because it helped the team always get on the same page. Like we had our training, we had breakout groups, we prayed together. It just like really united the team before we even got on the field. And this was the first time we've ever done this because 2020 opened the Zoom world to everyone. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is possible. <laughs> so um, we did that and it was super, super helpful. And I think everything was bathing prayer. And I mean, Juni had the idea of the Thursday uh, fasting plus Zoom, open Zoom link for the whole day. Um, where basically people could jump on and say, hey, I'm going to be here. If you guys want to pray with me, like I'll be on at this time. It was just like a great touch point throughout that day. It was like a sacred day set apart for um, just sacred assembly <laughs> for fasting for this mission trip. So we really, I don't know. We, if, yeah. I, if I can add something to that. So the idea came, so every Thursday leading up to the trip, we, we were, it was our fasting day. So we took fasting very seriously um, for us to um, be good stewards of and be, you know, uh, do what scripture asked us to. Um, but every Thursday we had an open Zoom link 24-7. So anyone can say, hey, I'm going to hop on at 530 and do a devotional if you guys want to join. So I, I know one of the first mornings. So I'll. The Nashville crew, we woke up at 5.30. I don't know how. By God's grace, we woke up that early. And we're sitting there, and Seattle, it's like 2 a.m. Lori pops on, and I'm just amazed. She's in the hospital. Like, people are in cars and hospitals and just joining together, and we're praying together. And, you know, I can hear my, my brother and sister all across the United States praying together in unity, and we just want the Lord to work. And it was such a blessed time. Um, and we're sitting there and we're reading scripture together. We're praying, we're meditating, we're, we're, you know, having conversation. I grab my guitar and I just start singing, um, goodness of God. I don't, it was 5 30 AM. Um, I don't know how it sounded, but I, I, I look up at one point, everyone is just praising the Lord where they are. And the, it, it was just such a unified team. Um, and the preparation was so needed. If, if people are out there, um, looking to take a trip. Uh, prep um, and have the team um, unified through calls, through fasting, through prayer messages, through apps, it, whatever you can unify the team on a weekly or daily basis. Um, and you will see the Lord work. Yeah. Amen. And I, I really, uh, I really uh, respect that and honor what you guys were doing uh, with that whole preparation process. And uh, uh, from an outside perspective, from like, maybe in a non-believer's perspective, it looks some, it looks very almost excessive, but I think all of that was necessary. And then you were really seeing the fruits in the Dominican as a result of that, as, as a result of the, of the prepping that you guys did. Um, 
But before we we jump into uh, the the personal testimonies that we have um, with with our other guests, I'd like to ask the three of you, um, obviously, <laughs> to, briefly, um, how did how did God work uh, in you in the in this pastor up in the in the Dominican Republic? How did how did you see him empower you? How did you what, did you gain a new perspective in something? How did God work through you in this trip, and how did it impact your life in uh, in a short in a short few words, if you can. So, uh, Ruth, let's start with you. Um, I think like what touched me was just seeing how everything was so pointed by the Lord. I was, I had my doubts about this trip. It was like weird, like it was a knowing that we had to do it, but then. I'm like, Lord, is this really going to happen? It was such a weird feeling leading up to it because he was like, I feel like I'm working for something. We're working for something that's like an illusion. It was the weirdest. I don't know if it was a spiritual attack. I don't know what it was, but it was very interesting. I didn't tell anybody this until like I was past it. (laughs) And then um, right before I bought my ticket, I'm like, Lord, I don't know. What do you want to do? Like, are we supposed to go? Are we not supposed to go? I know we're supposed to go, but like I was doubting it my friend has this dream and it just confirms so many things. Then we get into the DR and people are having dreams and God's showing them things. And it's just like a confirmation of you guys are supposed to be there for this time. This time was appointed and the Lord has people that you need to go to. And he selected them already. And it was just such a confirmation of the, this, the Lord is in it, you know, cause sometimes the Lord tells you something and the next thing the Satan comes and like tries to steal the seed like no like i don't know so that's that was the highlight for me is like the confirmation over confirmation that this was the lord's work and he was in it uh phil what about you Mm. man i've uh i've experienced the lord in different ways over the years so i don't say this to say that you know that this is like in some way like oh this is a revelation because i've seen him move but this trip, especially, man, I came back and I don't know if I can, the rest of the team agrees with me. This was my personal thing. I came back pumped, man. Like I, I came back with such an encouragement after seeing like God move so powerfully. And I had, again, I had seen this before, but after seeing it in this context with this group and seeing the unity that we had on the field, man, I was talking to Ruth before we left and I was looking at the list of the people and I'm like, this is a solid group of believers, man. Like, you know, there's, everyone's like, knows their stuff. Everyone knows to pray. Every, it, it, the best part about the prep, and I didn't mention this before, is like, it was so easy because I, everyone would almost initiate their own thing. You know what I mean? I would, I, I, you would say to pray and people were like, like would pounce on it. It wasn't like, guys, oh, we should pray. It was like, no, no, we have to pray and we're doing it. And like 100% we're doing this. And after coming back and, you know, seeing that kind of like for ferocious like spiritual we're going for it attitude man it really got something into me um i remember going to i went to Uruguchuna um the thursday after we got back and uh i'm still man i'm still plowing through at 100 miles an hour spiritually you know um it was just like i get there and i'm just got this intensity like we're gonna praise god and we're going for it and uh you know how should i say this like i love my church don't get me wrong you know they weren't they hadn't gone through my experience they weren't quite there, but, um, it shows, you know, when you get back and you're on fire because you had seen these things and you've seen God move, I'm just like, in some sense, just like, I'm still going for it. Even today, I'm still like, wow, God, you're with me. God, you're like, you're right here. You're, you're actually moving. Like 
like within the first week, I'd already shared the gospel. I mean, to the glory of God twice, like in that one week, just randomly, you know, before I was really striving, like, oh man, should I, should I tell this person about Jesus? You know, I'm at, there's a random gas station encounter, right? I'm like, you know, does, you know, how should I go about conversating? And I came back with the boldness, like, Hey man, do you know the gospel? And like, there was a habit in me, like coming out of this that I didn't have before. And I'm very thankful for that. And I had been on trips before, but for whatever reason, this trip, man, was, um, I don't know, God kind of pushed me over a line in a good way. Um, so all glory to him. Very thankful. So. And uh, Juni? Man, it's, um, how do I condense like five months into, into like a two minute snippet? Um, I'll try to be efficient with it. Uh, I just, I just want to say the, the leaders I had around me, um, Phil, Ruth, Aline Korean, Adina Korean, Ray and Dorothy Pei, we were so on the same level with every single, hey, what, I'm feeling weird about this. What do you think? Everyone's like, I feel the exact same way. And we're like, hey, what do you think we should do? It, it was, it was just, it, it flowed way too well. Like there could have been so many things on this trip that could have gone so wrong. I look back and I'm like, the bus didn't have a single flat tire, didn't break down. No person had anxiety attacks or a mental breakdown to where it could have just thrown everyone off for a loop. We had amazing weather. It was sunny like every single day. And I'm just, I'm looking back, I'm like, Lord, you had your hand so much in everything. And before we would enter a house, we knew the Lord was there. Like we would walk in and, and it was like, boom. Like we would just see the Lord move everywhere we went and the team was ready. It's like the first night when we're, we're ready to like do like a worship service. The first song, like everyone's hands are raised up and I'm like, wow, everyone is there. Like there's no warm up. There's no needing to like, all right, are, like who's looking around? Like everyone is wanting the Lord to move and was just ready. Like it was the it was just so well, like it was just so amazing to see God just fit everything like a glove, um, the unity. Um, and for me personally, um, I, I had one, I had one ask or, you know, like a request from the Lord. If, if, you know, I wanted to see the Lord move the move in the DR to where I wanted to see with my own eyes or hear with my own ears, something that I can look back years down the road and say, you know what? That was God, no matter what, that was the Lord. And um, it was the last day. And after everything was done, um, after all the evangelism, which this trip was heavy, heavy evangelism. Um, it was not really too much construction, but solely evangelism. We visit, visited dozens of families. So the la very last day, um, our group finishes early and we're wanting to go get a, a Coca-Cola. So we're walking to a market. It's like eight blocks away. This will be a short story. Um, we're, we passed this guy's home. And for some, uh, I didn't know, but he was not sitting on his front porch. So we come back past his home on the way back in. And we see this man waving and yelling at us. And we look over, we look at our translator and he's like, I don't know what he wants. So we kind of slowly walk up to his home. And we realize this guy is like blessing us. He's thanking us for coming to the DR and all these things. And, um, and I'm thinking back in my mind, I'm like, 
how did he know, like, how, how does he know we're Christian? He saw us for like 10 minutes walking past his home. And when I'm thinking that everyone has their head bowed and everyone's praying. So I'm like, and this guy's praying over us and blessing us. Um, so these thoughts are coming. Like, how did he know we're Christian? You know, how did we know we're here for missions? So I asked our translator if he can ask him that question. And to my amazement, he says, when you guys were passing by my home, it was like the presence of God was walking by my home. And all I can do is worship and glorify God. And that room, that, that pulls up Matthew 28, uh, verse 19 and 20, the great commission. Um, and of course, like, of course you're saying, Juni, of course you're going to read this passage and, you know, go therefore making disciples of all nations. But that very last part of that verse, verse 20 says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age that when you go out and disciple, the Lord is with you. He is walking with you. And that man felt the presence of God. And that's for me, I look back and I still get goosebumps. You know, I saw the Lord work in a way that I can look back years from now and say that was God and only God. And I just want to worship and praise him for that. Amen. And uh, it's, it sounds like, all of you guys were just so amazed about uh, the conformity that you had across the entire board with, with all the members, with all the leaders, um, with with how things went over there, weather-wise, uh, the impact you had over there on the communities. And I think it's 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 safe to say that God was with, with you guys from the very beginning in, in the preparation process, selecting the team, the books you guys read, the meetings you guys had. The spiritual prep, all of that was ordained by God to to kind of prepare you for this trip, and and I think the fruits of your labor were evident in the DR um, when when you guys just were, were making all the decisions together, and just like you said, that story with with that man feeling the presence of God as you guys were walking back, and and just all these uh, amazing things. So that's that's just it's it's so encouraging to hear from. You know, for me, who was at home hearing stories? I mean, we have a couple people from uh, from my church, and they were just telling me a bunch of stories uh, over these last a couple of weeks. But it's amazing to see how God worked through you guys over there, and how what, what great impact He made on the communities. But um, now let's jump into a couple of personal testimonies. I do want to talk about this, and uh, we have uh, we have, we have three personal testimonies that we're going to have shared here. Um, Ruth went on ahead to to select a three different candidates for this, and I'm excited to hear uh, how God worked in, in their lives, how God uh, impacted um, them in the Dominican Republic, and how God's going to continue to work in them. So uh, first, let's start off with uh, Mr. Adrian Yankee over here. Uh, Adrian, thanks for being on. I appreciate you being on. I see you got like a, you got a whole mic set up over there with that, with that pop filter. Uh, <laughs> looks legit, man. Uh, thanks for being here. Good to see you. And uh, uh, yeah, what was your, what was your testimony? Uh, in the DR and how was your experience like? Marcus, it's great to be on here. Uh, honestly, I always wondered what it'd be like uh, being on a podcast, <laughs> but yeah, you brought up the mic. I, I'm a sound guy. I have to have, you know, a solid <laughs> <laughs> microphone. Uh, before I get started, I actually just want to say, you know, the leadership on this team, phenomenal. I, I honestly, I can't give enough praises. Uh, you guys did such a great job. You, you put so much time into just prepping this trip and it really showed. Uh, but anybody that's listening, if you haven't had the chance to um, go on a missions trip, T4T is an amazing place to start. Um, I think Ruth, your, your faithfulness through it all, the fact that you have the vision and, and God's 
clearly shown his hand through it. Uh, I think that uh, that alone sets this uh, this this missions trip apart. So, um, yeah, I, I want to just give a quick personal testimony. Um, it, it's funny. It was actually the last house that we visited uh, that had the most profound impact on me, and I would say on on most of our group. But um, a real quick backstory before we went on to this. Um, to this uh, last house. The day before that, we had the same group. Um, we ended up being the first group to get back to the buses. And it wasn't by much, it was like 20 minutes, but we were like, man, I really wish we would have taken the step to go to another house. Um, and so the next day we were like, this is the last day, we have 20 minutes to go. We're not gonna be the first ones back. This is not gonna be, uh, this is not gonna be a repeat of yesterday. Um, so that was kind of the mentality we had we, uh, with this, small time frame that we had left. Um, but I remember one of our group leaders, uh, Chris, he's like, yeah, let's just, uh, let's just find the first house that we're, uh, that that's available. And let's like, uh, just evangelize to them. And <laughs> our other group member, Adina, it's funny. She, she kind of like Jesus juked in some way. Uh, and anybody that knows Adina knows she, she means it in the best intentions. Like she's, she's a phenomenal, uh, woman of God, but she, she goes, no, we're not going to just randomly go to a random house. We're going to actually take the time and pray about it. Let's just let the Holy Spirit lead us to this next house. And it's funny, Philip actually uh, mentioned this earlier. When you're on the mission field, you'll, you'll see God's hand at work in, in an instant. So you just have to have the faith that, that you know, God's going to come through and that he's ultimately in control. So uh, we ended up praying um, for this next house. And uh, we just started walking after that. Uh, we started walking through, the, through Santiago and we, we turned around at some point and we realized there was like a kid following us for a good chunk of time. Um, and after a while we were like, all right, let's just turn around. Let's ask this kid, you know, where he lives, if he wants us uh, to, you know, evangelize to his parents. Um, and he was, he was on board with it. He, he ended up taking us to this little like isolated region, um, where honestly we would have, we would have never thought to go there. Uh, but it's, it's now looking back, it's so clear how the Holy spirit was just guiding us to this specific region. Um, the kid ended up taking us to his block and right before we get to his house, I remember there was like this group of, um, it just seemed like troublemakers. Um, they were smoking young kids, but they turned to us instantly, uh, it interrupted their conversation and they, they said something in Spanish. We didn't quite understand it, but, uh, the translator turned around and he said, yeah, he's, uh, he's telling us that we're, we're not, uh, on the right street or not. We shouldn't be here. Like he was pretty much telling us to get out of there. And that's exactly when I felt like I just felt goosebumps because I knew God was going to come through right there. Uh, we were just about to see like God's hand unravel. Uh, because that's exactly where he wanted us to be. So uh, we ended up, <laughs> we just ignored it. We, we ended up getting to this kid's house. Nobody was home, um, which kind of took us by surprise. But the kid said, you know, I have a neighbor. You got to go visit my neighbor. And so that's when we met Miguel. Uh, Miguel, as from first glance, his eyes were just piercing. And I, to this day, I, I don't know exactly what it was about his eyes that like captured my attention because they were pretty void. You could just tell that there was just like this deep, um, uh, almost 
anguish and, and loneliness there. He was just, it was empty. It was an empty look that I saw in his eyes. But the only thing that I, I can think of now looking back is that it was just the Holy Spirit uh, really emphasizing that this is the guy that we need to talk to. Um, so anyways, Miguel, he inv invites us in. He brings us all chairs. And uh, at first, you know, we're just trying to get to know him, asking general questions. Um, but he quickly opened up. And uh, he, he told us that he felt racism there as a Haitian. Um, in, the, in the Dominican, racism is a pretty big deal. Uh, and he, he said, you know, that uh, he couldn't even get like a normal job. He had to do a lot of things under the table because uh, things just, there was no opportunity for him. Um, but then he told us that, you know, his, his brother who actually uh, had the vision to bring his family there, it was him and two brothers that came to the Dominican. Uh, his brother had the vision to just like start a new life in the Dominican. And um, he was so determined to make it and promised so much to Miguel. Um, we ended up finding out that this brother ended up getting killed by the Dominicans. Uh, and it was just like, there was just such a deep sorrow that we all felt and we all empathized for this guy. Um, but this was the perfect segue to bring up Jesus, right? Because Jesus is close to the brokenhearted. So uh, we asked him if he believed in God, and he told us that he grew up in a Christian house, but he kind of seemed to like evade the question. That kind of stood out to me. Um, so I knew I had to bring it up, but I didn't just yet. Uh, I, I wanted to obviously bring it up in a natural manner. Um, so, you know, it, at that point, we just started sharing testimonies um, because that was, uh, that was just what felt natural at the time. And so when it came to my turn, I knew this was my shot. I'm going to bring up, uh, you know, the, the personal relationship with God. So, um, you know, I, I ended up bringing parts of my testimonies uh, testimony up that honestly I wasn't expecting. There's a lot of things that I kind of tend to skim over just because it doesn't uh, particularly have relevance to the audience. But to this specific guy, it's like I was remembering things that uh, personally I even forgot about. But I was like, I need to speak up about this issue because it needs to be brought up in uh, this guy's uh, circumstance into his situation. He obviously relates in a deeper way. And I just felt the Holy Spirit so clearly in that. So, uh, you know, God was just at work throughout. But at the end, I asked him, have you ever made the personal choice to follow uh, Christ? And he, he said he didn't. Um, and as soon as he said he didn't, the Holy Spirit just took over. Uh, the atmosphere just shifted. One of our team members, Chris, uh, he lit up in excitement. Uh, he knew this was his chance to present the gospel. <laughs> and uh, the redeeming love of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, and so Chris just went at it. I just let him, <laughs> I just let him do that. I just took a back seat, just started praying and meditating in the spirit. Um, but Miguel, for some reason, he just remained insistent on not giving his life over to Christ. Um, you know, we, we asked him numerous time, times if he wanted to give up his life to Christ and just make this personal commitment to follow Jesus. And he said um, that there was something there that was keeping him from accepting Jesus. And as soon as he said that, I remember, uh, I remembered the conversation that uh, Ruth and I actually had with the lead pastor in charge, Pastor Wendell. 
he said a lot of times um, it's actually like this, this spiritual oppression that keeps people from accepting Jesus. And it's especially true. And it's especially the case for his particular audience, his particular community. And so that, that just like instantly, I remember that. So I knew we had to pray over this guy uh, for that specific uh, stronghold. Um, but before we got into prayer, I naturally, I had to ask him if there was any history of voodoo. And he said his family, in fact, actually still practices, but he never cared for it. So he never, you know, sought it out. Um, but, you know, again, uh, Chris took this opportunity. He asked him, you know, if he wanted to be redeemed uh, through Jesus, um, that he, he could completely break free from these chains um, because it was clear that he was, he was suffering. Uh, this spiritual oppression. And he, he again said, no, albeit he was, uh, he was reluctant, but it kind of like led us into this, uh, this segue to pray over him. And I told him, you know, before we got into this prayer, I said, we're going to pray over you. And if you, by the time that we're done praying, if you change your mind, tell us, just tell us, um, and we'll gladly uh, offer you, you know, the, the guidance to, to give your life to Christ. Um, and so we got into this prayer and I remember this was just such a like crazy moment uh, because we knew <laughs> this prayer was going to be powerful. Even just before we started praying, we knew it was going to be powerful, um, but I don't think we were expecting how powerful uh, we were all, you know, just bursting in tongues. It was just like this fire prayer uh, at some point. It was just like you could you could sense beams of light uh, just in the room and uh it was just phenomenal. Uh, I still think about that prayer. Um, but it finally died out. There was this moment of silence for a good 30 seconds. And I just, in a whisper, I asked him, I was like, did anything change? And before the translator even had the chance to finish his sentence, this guy just screams. He's like, I'm ready. <laughs> and I, you guys should have seen the face uh, of Chris, our, <laughs> our team member. He was so excited and he actually got the chance to lead this, this guy into the salvation prayer. And honestly, uh, it, it was just an edifying moment for us as a team, but we realized just how much God cares for his children through this encounter. Um, and it, it's just been a great experience overall, but this specific uh, encounter, even though it made us, you know, over 40 minutes late back onto the bus, it had such a, such a profound moment uh, and impact in my life that I know I'll never forget. So hopefully uh, the rest of the group forgave us for being late, but um, I'm sure at some point they would forget that part and, and realize that there was, there was so much more to the picture. God is at work in our midst, wherever we find ourselves. And we just have to be expectant that he will come through. So uh, yeah, hopefully I didn't go through too much over my time, but uh, again, thanks for, thanks for allowing me to share. You guys were fantastic. Yeah. And thank you, Adrian, for sharing that experience. It's so encouraging to hear how uh, just, you know, that step of faith with praying for which house to go to, which community to enter um, and just persistently talking to this, to this, uh, to this young kid uh, about Jesus and eventually how, that led to to that salvific prayer that that he uh, that he made. Uh, it was just amazing to hear. So thank you, thank you for sharing that, Adrian. And uh, um, I'm I'm sure a lot of, regardless of how late you guys were um, at the time, I'm sure it was uh, very encouraging to hear that that amazing testimony, that amazing story. So thank you so much. Um, up next, uh, we have uh, Daniela Tamutza. So Donna, 
if I'm not mistaken, you were a part of the medical team over there in the DR. So uh, why don't you share a little bit about that and also uh, about the testimony in the DR as well? Sure. Um, so, yes, I was a part of the medical team. Um, I was really excited to be able to do that because I am a nurse and I love getting the opportunity to um, put my nursing skills and knowledge to use and for the glory of God and especially in the volunteer work too. So um, our medical team was really amazing. It was really such an honor to work with them. We had six nurses, a total of six nurses, two doctors, two Haitian doctors that were working with us in the, in the Dominican Republic, uh, one pharmacist, and then we had um, two pharmacist assistants. And then also there were there was a big group of translators that would translate for us. And let me see if I'm, oh, also the medical director of the Mission of Hope um, clinic, Kim, and then the an EMT, he was the coordinator. So we had a really good, big group. And we actually had our medical clinic stationed in a church. So we went to this church Monday through Thursday, and we set up shop, basically, we set up four different stations, we had registration where the patient's information was taken, their name, age, um, gender, and then they went to triage and at triage, they would sit down with a nurse and a translator and say what they were coming in for. So basically their chief complaint. Um, and we would ask for more questions and we would also do an assessment. We take their vital signs, possibly do a urinalysis, maybe a pregnancy test if that was a um, a possibility of them being the female being pregnant. And we also check blood sugars. And then um, we would also send them to the doctor, and the doctor would ask them more questions, prescribe some medications, and then they would basically wait for their medications at the pharmacy. Um, and some uh, nurses as well as assistants help and the pharmacist help to prepare those medications. So we were, um, when we were given reg the orientation for the medical team, we were told that, you know, at any point in time, we can pray with the patients, we can encourage them, talk to them about Jesus, share the gospel. And um, although we were given that guidance, it was really you know, we were prepared to do that. We had practice, you know, sharing the gospel in one minute as part of our training before going on the mission trip. Um, we weren't really exactly given guidance um, when to do that. So as I was looking around, I noticed, okay, registration's not really getting into that. They don't have the time. Our triage nurses, I'm not sure, like, if that's, you know, if it's being, if the gospel's being shared or if they're being encouraged at that point in time. The doctors were re really busy and so was the pharmacist. So I realized that, you know, if it if it were to happen that we share the gospel and talk to the patients about Jesus, it would have to be um, when we're also asking about their um, what brought brings them in. And I think the Holy Spirit really brought into remembrance um, something that I had experienced in 2016 when I volunteered at a clinic in downtown L.A., um, a team of like 4,000 total medical professionals um, at a LA convention center. And I was partnered with this primary care doctor. And what he did, his method of um, ministering to the patients, because it was a Christian organization, he would say to the patients that he was going to address the whole person in a holistic pers um, perspective. He would ask them, you know, what is their physical complaint? He would ask them how they're doing emotionally, and then also spiritually. 
So he would address the body, soul, and spirit. So that came to mind and I was like, okay, that is what I'm going to do. And I shared this with the team as well, that what I was doing was I was asking them, you know, what's their physical complaint? What's going on? Why did they come to the clinic? And then I would tell them like, you know, we care about you physically and we want you to get better and you're going to see the doctor. The doctor is going to give you some prescriptions. The pharmacist will fill them. You're going to go home with some medications, but we also care about how are you feeling? What's going on? Have you had any major life changes in the past year or two? And then lastly, um, I would ask, you know, do you have, you know, we also care about you spiritually and we're Christians here. We're, you know, we came from a, across the world to, um, to share Christ's love. And we want to know, do you believe in God? What do you believe about Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with him? What does your Christian life look like? Or your, how do you live out your Christian faith? We would ask them these types of questions. And then lastly, we, um, I would ask, you know, is there anything we could pray for you for? And not one patient declined. So each patient had something that they needed or wanted prayer for. So that was how we pretty much ended, ended our interaction. And, you know, in total, we saw 360 patients over those that four day span in the clinic. And praise God, five gave their life to Christ. Um, I was able to lead a young 20 year old to Christ. And it was just such a blessing to experience that and to really share the wholeness of, of Christ's love, not just, you know, to have people feel better physically, but even to get to maybe the root emotional issues if possible. And most importantly, to address, you know, their spiritual need, their spiritual health. Um, yeah, it was a big, big blessing. Yeah. It's amazing to hear. And I always love hearing uh, mission trip, uh, stories that have like a medical team accompanied with them just because uh, you're serving like, two different components, the spiritual and the physical as well. I know when uh, our, our team uh, we hear from our church that goes to Haiti every year or so, uh, they, they partner up with one of our local dentists and they go over there and they just like fix everyone's teeth as well. So it's awesome to hear uh, that. But mm-hmm. uh, one, one, one more quick thing, Donna, uh, it's, it's currently morning here uh, where I'm at and then afternoon for these, for these other uh, guests here. But where I see uh, it's a little dark outside. So uh, why don't you share uh, where you're currently <laughs> at uh, very briefly and uh, uh, what, what it's going to look like for these next, uh, this next time period. Sure. I'm actually in Uganda right now. And it is, let's see, it's 8.46 p.m. Um, I'm at BBD Ministries of Uganda. It stands for Brave, Beautiful, and Bold. And the mission director is um, Lily Lazarian. She's actually like sitting right here next to me. Hi, Lily. <laughs> they said, hi, Lily. <laughs> she waved hi. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I came here. Um, I'm going to be here for um, and a, a more extended length of time compared to the last time I was here. I was last here in December for a month. And what I did and what I will do this time around as well is that I will be um, working at the medical clinic here. There is a, um, a local nurse who speaks the language who does work at the clinic and I'll be um, working alongside with her. There's a lot of wound care to be done. Um, I could show you pictures. You'd be uh, grossed out or amazed. It's usually one or the other, but um, yeah, there's a lot to do, a lot of patients to be seen. On a daily basis, there's anywhere from like 80 to 100 patients, which is a lot for considering there's only two nurses. So there's definitely a big need. And the the clinic here is completely free to um, everyone who comes. 
um, a lot of care is provided, even, you know, patients are having an emergency like surgeries, the cost of surgeries are covered for these patients at no cost. So it's really amazing. God's really been providing um, for this ministry um, in abundance, really. And it's just with uh, the leadership of Lily, it's just constantly flowing into these people's lives that otherwise would possibly not survive or just, you know, have a really difficult life with, you know, lots of chronic conditions. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to pray for you as you're, as you're out there in Uganda. And uh, it's amazing to, you're, you're going from one field to the next. That's, that's awesome to hear. Very encouraging. So uh, thank you for, thank you for sharing that uh, with us here today. Um, and uh, last testimony that we have uh, here, we have uh, Sarah Bougde. So Sarah, how's it going? And, uh, hi, Marcus. <laughs> hi. And um, how was uh, how was your experience in the in the Dominican? And uh, how did how, what what testimony do you have to share for us today? All right. So, um, hi everyone who is listening to this podcast. My name is Sarah Bougde. I'm from Chicago, and I serve at my church in Chicago called Bethany Romanian Church. Um, Marcus, it's a huge honor for me to be here. Like I've always wanted to be on a podcast low key. So thank you for this opportunity (laughs) and, uh, thank you to the leaders who made this mission trip possible. I know it was super stressful and like a lot of work was put into it, but man, like God was in this trip. Like he anointed every single thing, everything that we did blessed 100%. And, uh, you know, I can go on and on about, you know, what God did during this trip and, and all the cool testimonies and leading up to this trip. But I know that, um, I feel on my heart that God wants me to share, uh, how he impacted me personally on this trip. And, um, so leading up to this trip, uh, you know, I know a lot of us have been experiencing spiritual attacks leading up to this trip. And a thing that I have been experiencing is uh, a lot of intrusive thoughts. And actually for years and years, I have struggled with intrusive thoughts. And um, these are just thoughts that would just come all of a sudden, you know, into my head that weren't from me, that I knew weren't from me. And these were thoughts that like would put me down and, and thoughts that were against the Bible, thoughts that were against God. And I'm like, man, like, what in the world, like, where are these thoughts coming from? Because I know they're not for me. I would never think such a thing. And, you know, on and off, I would struggle with this for years. And, um, you know, there were times where, you know, I would have nothing in my head and everything was fine. And I would pray for them to go away and they'd go away. But then later on, they'd come back. And I think especially before God does something amazing, that's when it really, really, really happens. So leading up to this trip, it was (laughs) definitely a big mental battle. And uh, on and off during the beginning of this trip, it was a mental battle as well. And I haven't really told anybody. So there was a night, actually, I think it was the Tuesday, the Tuesday of that trip, something like that, where Junie actually uh, felt called to ask people to come to the center to be prayed for healing, for physical healing. And it was amazing because, you know, we would go, you know, in the center in a circle and anybody who needed physical healing, they would go in the center. And, you know, we would have like people like saying like, oh, like I feel burning in my back and, and, you know, I don't have any pain anymore. And, you know, God was doing such amazing things within our group while we were there. And uh, I made a joke to one of the girls next to me. I'm like, 
like look at this like God's healing people's back pain like I should just like maybe he can heal my back pain too and uh the girl next to me was like you have back pain dude you got to go forward I'm like no it's just like it's just like back pain it's not a big deal and she's like no you have to and like a quick backstory haha pun intended a quick backstory (laughs) about this (laughs) is that I actually have had back pain since I was 14 and I like I told the group I think it's because like I would just carry things around and like overexert myself things that were heavier and I would strain and I would have bad posture and uh, like I told my group like when I was 14 I was one of the freshmen in the hallway that carried their whole like locker in their backpack hunched over walking around (laughs) and uh, so that's caused me some bad back pain you know and I would try to sit in church comfortably straight but I could not you know I would have pain and it's come to the point since I've had it for years and that I've normalized it so I thought like what's the big deal I've lived it with it this long like I'll just continue to live with it you know and uh, you know after someone gets like was in the center and they got prayed for the girl next to me, she like pushes me forward. I'm like, no, I don't want to go. And she's like, just go. She pushes me in the center. And I just end up like awkwardly standing there in the center looking at her. <laughs> and um, I told them like, like I've had back pain since 14. And I told them, you know, the same story that I told you guys right now. And, you know, I asked them, can you play, please pray for my back? And out of my mouth, I suddenly said, and can you please pray for my mind too? And I didn't mean to say that. That was not like something that I wanted to do. I didn't want to go to the center for that. I didn't want to tell people that, but that just came out of my mouth. And, you know, I explained, you know, like I've had intrusive thoughts that have been bothering me that like have gotten worse, like during like a, like a spiritual moment like this with trips and it would just keep coming back and, and I can't seem to get rid of them. And the whole group, they gathered around me and they laid their hands on me and they prayed for me you know, with, with fire and with power, you know, and they prayed for me two times. And, uh, after the prayer, I'm like, my back pain is gone. Like I have, like, I literally since to this day, I have no back pain. I was at church. I could sit in those uncomfortable benches the whole time with my back straight without any pain or straining, you know, praise God. And, uh, as I went to sit down, my mind was empty it was a peace and an emptiness and, and a stillness that I've never experienced before in my life. And as I sat down, like the song that goes faithful, you are faithful forever. You will be, um, all your promises are yes. And amen. That was a song that kept replaying in my head over and over and over as I sat down and I was just sitting with such a calmness that I have not had before in my life. And, uh, uh, I believe Ray later that night, he was like, guys, I feel on my heart that we need to have 30 minutes to journal, 30 minutes to ourselves. And we all needed it because we were always surrounded by each other and, you know, socializing. So I went off to my corner, went to journal and to write down what happened. And like, God, like, how do I describe this feeling that you put in me? And the story of how Jesus calmed the storm came to me. There was a mighty storm and Jesus rebuked the winds he rebuked the waves, he rebuked the storm. And all of a sudden there was just a calm, you know, there was no more waves. There was no more wind. It's just a stillness. And that's the only way that I can describe it with words, my experience. And on top of that, I also recalled that before the trip, I had a word from someone kind of random. 
and they they didn't even know I was going on this trip and they were like like on this trip God's going to give you a new mind and I didn't know what he meant by that but I did know now you know and uh it's just so encouraging to see that and not only that later on I ended up having people come up to me and they were saying that they've been struggling with the same thing and that they thought they were the only ones that were struggling with that and they felt very encouraged and, and touched by it. And, you know, it's crazy to think that like, if I didn't have back pain, I never would have gone to the center. If I didn't make a joke, I never would have gone to the center and people never would have been encouraged. Not only that though, uh, I believe like the next day or two, two days later or something like that, Junior Ruth felt it on their heart to have a prayer for people's minds. And so like, a, it was like a domino effect, you know, people started to go forward to have their minds prayed over and, man, chains were broken that night, absolutely demolished, you know, and it was so, so it's, it's inexplainable. There's no word to be able to describe it. If there was a word to like describe what God did and how good he was, how good he is, like we would die trying to say, try to say that word, you know, to be honest. Um, and not only uh, is this what happened, but coming back home, uh, as I testified to people about what God did for me on this trip and mentioning this story, hangouts have begun to turn into prayers. Like I had no idea the impact that this would have on people. And after I told my testimony, people have been confessing what they've been going through, that they've been going through the same thing and they thought they were alone. They were ashamed and they wanted prayer. So it's begun to turn into prayers. God is still working here just as, as much as he is working in the DR. It's amazing. We just need to be available and open and we have to keep our eyes open so that we can see it. And um, I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to this because I know that I was brought on this podcast for a reason. I know God wanted me here for a reason. And I know he put this story in my heart for a reason. And I know that somebody who's listening to this, you're struggling with the same thing. And I want to tell you, you're not alone. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be afraid. And I want to tell you that in Galatians 6, 2, it says to share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. So if you're going through this, tell somebody, tell somebody who has a right relationship with God to pray for you and to be your accountability partner, because there is power in prayer and in confession, because the devil wants to keep you isolated. That's what he wants. And it's funny because you can, you can think you're not isolated. You can go to prayers and talk to people and tell them what you're going through but you also could be keeping your mind isolated while the rest of you is not isolated. And it's just like, it's like a secret door for the devil to get into something, you know, that nobody knows about because it's in your own head. It's not a physical evidence of what you're going through. And, you know, I just want to encourage you. Don't be afraid. Tell somebody, ask them to pray for you, believe and have faith because if God could set me free, he can set you free too. I truly wholeheartedly 100% believe it, but the question is, do you believe it? Are you going to step out of your comfort zone? Because that was not comfortable for me to step out of my comfort zone and to be vulnerable and confess to people, to 40 people, you know, that was not comfortable, but God had a reason for that. And I also want to mention the verse, John 14, verse 27. It says, I am leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. And it says in this verse, peace of mind and heart. It doesn't say only peace of heart. So my question to you is, 
is your heart at peace? If your heart is at peace, is your mind at peace too? Because you need both of them to be at peace. Jesus says the gift is peace of mind and heart, and that can only come from him. So I pray and hope that this encourages whoever is listening um, to this testimony. And I'm, I'm honestly, all the honor and the glory uh, goes to God. Nothing can come from people, only from him. And I'm just so thankful for what he did in my life. And if he did it in my life, he can do it in yours too. Amen. Amen, Sarah. Thank you for sharing that, that powerful testimony. It's, uh, it's, it's encouraging to hear. And I hope, uh, many out, out there who are kind of in this, we're on in the same boat, uh, can really just draw from it and be encouraged by it and just be released from whatever's holding them down. Uh, but thank you, Sarah. Thank you, uh, everyone for sharing your testimonies. I really appreciate it. And it just really paints a clearer picture of how God truly worked on this trip, uh, where you guys uh, were in the Dominican. So it's amazing to see how, uh, how, how those experiences all came together and how uh, you guys were all encouraged and edified. So uh, thank you guys for, for doing that, uh, going out on a limb, uh, just being vulnerable in doing so. So uh, God bless you guys, and I pray that he continues to strengthen you to continue forward in, in your work in ministry. Um, but as we, as we wrap this uh, episode up, um, I'll, I'll start with Ruth over here. So uh, we, we talked about the background, how this got started, where you guys got connected. We talked about the, the preparation to Dominican Republic. We talked about our experiences and testimonies there. Uh, Ruth, going forward, starting from now, um, what does the future for this ministry look like? What's the outlook of Treasures for Troubles, and what can we expect in the in the near future? Um, as we said at the beginning, <laughs> it's literally a step-by-step thing. Um, we honestly, like in a nutshell, we don't know. We were we have ideas that we talked about just recently, actually this past Monday with like Juni, Phil, Ray, Aline, Adina, but we don't know yet. We're praying on things. Um, we know it's the Lord's work. We don't want this to be around a personality or around us. Like this ministry is gonna, if it's the Lord's will and His plans, because it's gonna be way past us. So we want him to lead it and we want to go where he goes we do have we were considering another trip in the fall um in november um it's still details are still to be decided but in terms of what god wants to do we know that god brings people on these trips for many reasons it, we, it is to spread the gospel it is to provide for the spiritual and physical needs it is for um, personal healing too um, it's very multifaceted and it's, it's not purely a mission trip. And we just want, we want the Lord's leading in everything that will happen. I don't know if Junior Phil want to jump in too. Uh, I agree. I agree. Um, this trip is not only mission trip you'll hear. It's not only for the people on the ground, right. In, in these areas that we're going, it's also for us. Um, it's also for the edifi- edification of our, us, our team. Um, we saw breakthrough, like uh, Sarah was saying, among mo- a lot of our team, you know, um, that we are not perfect, right? The Lord's still working in us too. Um, while we're serving and in, in working um, in others too. Um, but I wanted to read uh, what the, the verse was for our mission strip. And what we were led, and it honestly was so encompassed 
um, by Sarah's um, testimony and what she's doing and what we're all um, doing. It's found out of Ezekiel 40, verse 4. It says, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and set your heart upon all that I shall show you. For you are brought here in order that I might show it to you. Declare all that you see to the house of Israel. Um, you'll see it's not a typical missions verse. Uh, we know that. But, um, you know, we'll, the Lord showed us things. We heard things. We saw things. And um, it's our turn and our time now to go and declare, right, to share um, what the Lord has done. Um, and you may find yourself right now sitting and listening and, and say, you know what? I want to see with my eyes and hear with my ears. And I want to see the Lord move in my life. Um, if that's you, we want to welcome you. Um, we we're planning other missions trips. We just need it, need the Lord to guide where and in what capacity and what he wants from treasures for troubles. So I would say, follow, follow us on Instagram. Um, and, uh, we'll, every update's going to be sent there. Um, you can get plugged in with an email update from there. Um, and you can direct message that, um, so that you can be up to date with every future trip. Um, but the plan is to go this, this fall. And if that's, you know, if that's you, if you feel led, uh, pray about it, um, that the Lord opens up the store for us, for, for you as well. And, uh, we hope we can get connected and we hope we can see, um, potentially a larger group, right? If the Lord, Lord may be opening up doors to where we can have more and more individuals go, um, and we, we want to just uh, be open to everyone that's led to go on this trip. I'm not sure if Phil wanted to add anything else to that. I mean, that, that, that covers a lot, man. Uh, I say, I guess the last thing I would want to kind of say to, as we kind of wrap down to a close is uh, for those of us listening, um, you all, you are on the mission field where you are. You know, we have this idea that you have to travel far away to be the hands and feet of Christ. And in some way, what, what, what we're kind of talking about here makes it seem as if you only get to experience these things if you travel that far. Uh, but I heard a pastor say once, it's like we, we step over broken and, and dying people to get to broken and dying people. Um, if you want to feel the anointing, uh, the power of God and in, 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 in your life and in, in the, on the same way in the mission field, you can have that, but it takes a heart of surrender um, where you are. It's irrelevant. The location, if you want to see God's hand move, surround yourself with people that are passionate about the Lord and get out and go find some people pray. God lead us. Where do you want us to go? Who needs to be ministered to? And uh, I, in, in faith, God will answer. So just remember that you are on the mission field at home. You don't have to travel. But at the same time, uh, we'd love to have you out on the next one. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. Uh, thank you guys so much for for being here. Um, Judy kind of already said it, but uh, for for all of those updates, if you want to reach out, uh, go ahead and uh, jump on their Instagram account. That's where they're most active, and I will tag that uh, in the show notes as well as uh, in the post that I make. So for any and all updates, go reach out to them through uh, the Tre Treasures for Troubles instagram uh, profile uh but thank you guys so much for for joining here i really appreciate it and i am uh 
looking forward to hopefully uh, collaborating with you guys uh, on the mission field and being there with you guys uh, at some point in time. So thank you guys so much for for being here, for uh, the sacrifices that you made, and just sharing these powerful stories and testimonies that will be uplifting, encouraging, and edifying to any and all who listen to this. So thank you guys so much for that. And thank you listeners so much for tuning in. I hope this was uh, encouraging for you. And I hope that this will encourage you to to really just ask God to lead you where he wants to lead you uh, next and just be open to it and have an open heart to it um, as well. So thank you guys for tuning in again for our updates on our Instagram at the Potter's House uh, podcast app. Uh, go tap the stars, leave a review. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that. You guys already know that. So thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we will see you next time. 